Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Top Flight Time Machine are going to be going on tour in early November. You will experience physical movement and emotional movement and so much more from both of us. Bowel movement? Maybe there'll be a bit of bowel movement. I can't promise it, but if that's what you're looking for, we can make it happen, probably. It won't be uh, one of those things where a podcast episode is recorded in a theatre. Fuck that. This is a proper show with um, songs and dancing and um, high moments of uh, exhilaration. So come along. Let's just quickly tell you where we're going to be. The 1st of November, we're in Brighton. 2nd of November, we're in... Um, Nottingham, the third were in Leeds, the fifth were in Manchester, the seventh were in Glasgow, the eighth were in Newcastle, the ninth were in Birmingham, and the tenth were in London. <gasps> the capital. Mm, what a uh, phenomenal. It's going to be good. I think there's a few tickets left at most venues. Yep. It's uh, going to be really exciting. It's called the Velvet Drain Bike Tour. It's going to be better than the last one, yeah. which is saying something because the last one was fucking amazing. Ask anyone who yeah. went. But this one, whoa, it's going to knock your cock off. Or if you're a lady, it will knock off your boobs. Go to tftimemachine.com slash live shows to have a look at where you get tickets from. There'll also be a chance to interact with us in an official capacity while we're on stage, not after the show. In a very limited capacity. Come along, you'll love it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to the latest episode of the Yesterday's Hero Odyssey. We're covering the 1979 um, little-known football classic film, Yesterday's Hero, which if you want to catch up with it, you can see it uh, on our YouTube channel, which is called TF Time Machine or Top Flight Time Machine. Fuck knows. I don't know. But it's on there. Just search for it. You'll find it. The whole thing. We, we, we need to be monetizing that YouTube channel. Put some more stuff on it. Do we? Okay, I don't know how to do that, but yeah, all right. No one knows, um, mate. We'll get just yeah. put stuff on. Yeah, just and then in the end, Sir John it, YouTube then... calls up and goes, "Hey, you you like me? So you seem to be getting some traction on the on my on my website. I gotta wire some some dollars over to you. <laughs> Lots of people are interested in what you gotta say." <laughs> got some money for you. But listen, this is the way it works. I've taken my pound of flesh, yeah? I wet my <laughs> beak. The money comes into me. I wet my beak. The rest gets sent over to you. It's sent down to you. Yo, Less got expenses. Ten- I got yeah. a few expenses <laughs> along the way. This website doesn't work for free, you know. It doesn't work itself. <laughs> I got to pay for machines to get this website working. <laughs> Plus, I got to wire the money across to you. Uh, there's some there's some fees involved in the transactions. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pay night shift guys to moderate the comments. 
<laughs> and let me tell you, there's some pretty out there comments on your on the content you put it out on your well, channel, so they're working overtime. When I first started up this YouTube YouTube thing, as I call it, uh, when I first started up, it was only open from nine to five. But then a lot of people wanted to watch in the evenings and overnight, so I had to get the night shift guys in to keep things moving. Yeah, but that's New York. It's the city that never sleeps. We go round the clock here, just like my local bodega. <laughs> We're serving the cops through the night, the the pimps, the junkies, the, the hookers, the freaks. They all come through here. The cash drivers. <laughs> So anyway, you've had 10,000 views of that uh, yesterday's hero movie. And uh, I owe you 19 pence. So it's on its way. Yeah. It's winging its way to you now, Limeys. I figure where you where you live, that could buy you a new house. <laughs> anyway, I feel like I've taken up enough of your time already. I'm not even sure why I made this call. i got a lot more calls. A lot well, more you know, 19 it's good pence to talk to, to people. Out. I like it. I like to chat. <laughs> I'm a people person. That's why I started this whole thing up in the first place. <laughs> I was going to call it MeTube. And then I thought, no, it's for the people. I'll call it YouTube. I want it to be friendly, have a nice atmosphere. Kind of place you can walk in, order a coffee, sit down, maybe read the sports pages. While away the afternoon. <laughs> yeah so it's on the YouTube um, yep. have a look at it where, where are we up to we, we just got to the bit a few minutes in where uh, Rod Turner hero of the piece played by Ian McShane um, had been on the bus back from an away game <laughs> and it got off the bus and his manager said uh, I'll give you a lift home and Rod said no nah, I don't feel like going home I feel like getting pissed fair enough so, uh, which is what he, he did because the no, next Rod Rod's whole problem is he, he always feels like getting pissed. And he always acts on it as well. Yeah. So next scene uh, cuts to his rig, Rod's rig, the Rod rig, um, which is pretty much just a bed sit, isn't it? Considering it's he used a to bed be sit, a, a f- but it's wonderful. It, it's, <laughs> a, it's sort of depressing, but at the same yeah. time, you can't help but look at it and think, oh. If my life had turned out different, I could easily see myself being quite content in a rig like that. In that bedsit, yeah. If I was alone, if I was low a footballer, o- down on his luck. Yeah, low overheads, low responsibility. Mm. He's he's just you know, it's a bit of a mess. There's a quite a lot of empty alcohol bottles and clothes strewn everywhere. But he's got a little telly at the end of his bed. He's got a lovely landline, old fashioned telephone that calls come in on quite frequently. Yeah, and he also just has the phone. He has loads of memorabilia of his golden years everywhere, sort of scattered about, doesn't he? Trophies and photographs and the like. Yeah, yeah, all of that sort of thing. So uh, Mm. he's he's lying there, still with his clothes on. The TV's on. Um, There's not really anything on it. It's just a kind of white noise and the the disrupted signal of a a half-watched programme. It's a cup of tea on top of the telly. (laughs) Uh, I don't know when he's made that, but there you are. He's asleep with his clothes. Enter Susan, who is, uh, as far as we know at this point, is love interest, played by very young Glynis Barber. Oh. Bloody hell. <laughs> oh, bloody hell indeed. So Glynis Barber, Susan, she lets herself in. 
um, and tries to wake him up. Tells him that he smells like a pig. <laughs> Just nice. Um, he says, where were you last night? And he says, the bus broke down again. Which is a fucking uh, yeah. pathetic excuse, isn't it? Bus broke down again. She says, liar. And uh, he asks her what time it is. She says, it's 12.30. Which is, when you have a good Saturday night session, 12.30pm is the optimum waking up time, isn't it? Yeah. It's Sunday. The morning's gone. It's, it's pretty if you wake up If you wake up at 12.30... You probably, from memory, you you probably done quite a long way to um, sleeping your way through the hangover. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's true. Yeah, I always found that even the worst hangovers would usually start to fade by lunchtime. Hmm. Mm. Not with me. <laughs> really bad ones would last through till the afternoon. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'd have to it have does a nap get... in the afternoon. I'd, I'd I'd sleep through till twelve thirty and then need a nap. Probably during the the live Sky match. But I used to get hangovers that I was like really sick, like yeah, really sick. Like, I mean, when I think about how bad my hangovers sometimes were, it's almost amazing that I ever that I continued to drink for as long as I did because I used to be vomiting, mm. like with a throbbing fucking head, aching all over, and like retching over the fucking toilet bowl. Not every time. But it was something mm-hmm. that would happen fairly regularly. I was a puker, mate. Sometimes it's ridiculous, I'd, isn't it? I puke yeah. before bed and yeah. in the morning. Sometimes several times. Ooh, and towards to, towards the end, <laughs> towards the end, I would. Um, yeah, I mean, the only real way to sort of knock it out was to get back on it. Yeah. So yeah, that's quite depressing. That quite, quite a depressing tangent, but sort of relevant to yesterday's hero because. You know, um, uh, Rod really is a that kind of level of problem drinker. I mean, he's proper mm. like he carries a bottle of whiskey with him everywhere he goes. He does, he does. But there, a lot of men did that back then, or they did on TV and in films anyway. You see yeah, you're right. Often. Actually, or you'd you'd see fellas coming home from work, uh, not not um, blue collar workers, white collar workers would come home in sitcoms and immediately pour themselves a stiff one from the decanter yeah. mm. at the side of the room. I'm thinking I always, of Jerry in The Good Life. People I like always think of Jerry in The Good Life when I think <laughs> of that. In a lovely cut glass decanter. And yeah. When you were younger watching The Good Life, you would think that that would be you. Or at least that's yeah. what you'd hope. You'd yeah. think, when I'm older, I'm, gonna have, I'm not going to keep the booze in the bottle it comes in. <laughs> well, I'm going to pour it into a special bottle that ain't got no label and keep it on a tray <laughs> on a little table. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not good. But, yeah, you kind of... Um, what I used to do was I'd sometimes buy cans on the way home. Right. And if I couldn't wait, like, I'd pick them up at the Sainsbury's local and from yeah. the house I was living in at the time that I'm thinking of, this is, like, when I'd moved to Barnes. When I lived on Labrook Grove, it was fine to drink in the street. No one fucking batted an eyelid. They'd probably look at you Everyone weird if you weren't it. drinking in yeah. the street. Do you know what? <laughs> or yeah. worse, right? Yeah. Um, but then when I moved to Barnes, it was very genteel. And yeah. uh, I would go to the Sainsbury's local when I first moved there and buy, like, sort of four cans of Cronenberg, like, on my way home. Mm. And I think, I'm fucking gasping for one of these cronies. <laughs> and it was only a five-minute walk. But I started getting into the habit of opening the can as I was walking out the door of Sainsbury's. Right. Yeah. Like, with a right fucking unashamed... Psh! 
Here we like go. that. <laughs> right? A little bit of foam over the edge. Lovely. Yeah. And then if I saw someone I half knew, say another parent from the school, mm. I'd give them a little raise the can. Do you really? know what I mean? Because I think if you're going to have a, a street drink, don't be all shame, shame-faced about it yeah. because then that's when it looks like you, you're a problem drinker. Yeah. So I'd be like, oi, oi, like that. And people would almost like, it would be like one of those scenes in a film where someone grabs their child close to them and turns their face <laughs> <Yeah>. away. <gasps> Recoiling terror. Yeah. A street drinker in Barnes. In Leafy right. Barnes. And I'm like, I bet I come from Labrador Growth, mate. It's fucking standard practice. It's what we do but, over there. Uh, I'm trying to introduce it to the community here, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I would go home with the carrier bag with, with the other tinnies in it and just the grown and I'd stride along drinking in the street and I did it really because I was had a problem and was like I couldn't wait to get home to start yeah. getting it down my throat but I also did it because I enjoyed the reaction of the locals yeah. to, to my street drinking yeah. I enjoyed the fact that doing something that seemed quite inconsequential and simple <laughs> had quite had had like sort of could provoke quite a strong reaction from people <laughs> like I was running down the street with a gun do you know what I, mean? <laughs> I weaponized were, street drinking mate that's what I did you were you were peak 1995 Damon Alban weren't you <laughs> yeah, I'd often do. Um, I'd often do Phil Daniels's uh, monologue from Park Life yeah, as I was walking along. <laughs> Confidence is a preference. Something, something, something. Park Life. This <laughs> is that Park Life. <laughs> it's not a surprise then that you were regularly accosted by the local dealers and offered their wares. The dealers and the roughs identified me early because they sort of thought to themselves, well, we we don't get many lads like this around here. This is fertile Mm. new territory for us. Yeah. I seen him on the box. He probably got a few quid as well. We'll rinse the cunt dry. And that they did. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Um, So that's Rod. Uh, He is the, the Sam Delaney of 1979, it could be said. Um, so a Glynis barber has let herself in and uh, she says it's 12.30 and he says why didn't you wake me earlier she says I just got here he says you know I don't like to be late on a Sunday hold on I'll be back so you know Glynis barber has turned up at his bed sit I mean you'd assume for a bit of nookie and he's he's, he's dashed out the door the setup he's got, he's really disrespectful to her. He's no show. Mm-hmm. He lies to her and she knows she's lying. And then when she does to her, and I can't stress, if you haven't seen this film, listeners, I mean, if you thought Clintus Barber was fit in Dempsey and Makepeace, like imagine <laughs> that, but doubled, right, in this yeah. film. Yeah. Right. And she's and she's really well spoken. She's obviously quite posh. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, she's probably going with Rod to sort of try and make a point to her dad. Yeah. Do, do you know what I is. mean? There's, like there's a sort of a, something going on there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And but he treats her really badly, as men in the seventies T V and films always treated their like yeah. beautiful girlfriends. Birds. And he just goes he just goes, She's come round and he's got a hangover and very often you do wake up from a hangover feeling slightly triggered, right? Yeah. Like you can have that sort of hangover. If you're not throwing up, you've probably got the horn, one of the two. Yeah. Sometimes you do both at once, Sometimes why not? Sometimes both. And uh, <laughs> and the shit. <laughs> There's a word for that. I can't remember what it is. It's a, sh- a shrank. Anyway, 
Go to the Urban Dictionary. Yeah. And uh, you know Lampardings in the Urban Dictionary now? So, yeah, someone pointed that out, yeah. yeah. Well done, everybody. Where, where's time. our cat? Yeah, I think you Sir John YouTube will be on the phone with it, probably. Sir Hello, John Urban this Dictionary. is Sir John Urban Dictionary. I'm calling from my study in Oxford. I got your number from my friend Sir John YouTube. <laughs> Who recently gave a talk to the Oxford Union. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I was going to say, yeah, but he just gets up and fucks off straight out. I mean, yeah. what a fucking lad yeah. this bloke is. It's inexplicable. But, um, yeah, we'll, um, we might see more of Susan later on. I hope we do. Um, so he, um, he scarpers and he's away down to the working men's club. Which is I mean, the do you think club. when you, I mean, you knew what was coming, but when I saw it for the first time quite recently, I was like, where is he going? He's saying, I, I don't like to be late on a Sunday. And I was really yeah. thinking, where Church? can he possibly <laughs> be going? Yeah. Where could he possibly be going that's with a, a hangover? After a really all-night session and being confronted by the beautiful and beguiling Glynis Barber in his bedsit, mm. what could possibly be so important? So I was really excited. And he just rocks up at his dad's working man's club. Well, there's only two places that could possibly be open at 12.30 on a Sunday lunchtime in 1979, church or a working man's club yeah. or a pub. That's that's it. No shops. So no. that's the only place he could be going. But, oh, God, the, the old thing of a couple of drinks before Sunday lunch, though. Yeah, lovely. That's a, that's a wonderful thing back then. I mean, I remember when we used to, um, my nan and granddad used to have a caravan. There was no bar there on the mm. caravan site, no working men's club. But it was de rigueur to have a couple of cans before your Sunday dinner. Lovely. Or my granddad, for my granddad it was anyway. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. That's the like good thing about drinking, drinking before a, a guaranteed meal is that when you go out for a drink... Often what happens is you start drinking without any thought about you're going to have to have dinner at some point because yeah. you just think, I'm going out for a drink. And the next thing you know, you're quite pissed and mm. you are you have a raging fucking appetite all of a sudden. Mm. But you're too pissed to sort of be able to work out what to do about it. Yeah. So you start panicking. Next thing you know, you've eaten like five packets of crisps or something like that. And you, I don't know if you get, but you get drunken food panic. Right, yeah. But if you're drinking in advance of a guaranteed sit-down roast dinner, <laughs> then you drink with a certain freedom and joie de yeah. vie that is rare. Yeah. Because you know you've got the, the safety net of the roast dinner waiting for you. Yeah, and I think the drinking's at a slower pace than it would be of an evening as well. It's kind of yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You're not slinging it noise, back, isn't it? Yeah. You're not slinging it back. Yeah. You're uh, you're treating the pint with respect. You're treating the pint like a beautiful woman, yeah. gently. <laughs> so, yeah, as you say, Rod's dad is down there with his pals, one of whom is the old fella from Allo Allo, who yeah. uh, it is I, Leclerc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appear, the master of disguise. He's, yeah. uh, he's one of the old fellas. So they're arguing about the team. Um, yeah, his dad is a regular, and all his mates there, and they all support the team, Windsor. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Windsor United, or whatever. They said all the papers are saying that he's lost it, but when we saw the match that he played the day before, there was no cunt there. So, what level is he playing at, and why is it in the papers on a Sunday morning? Don't make sense to me. Yeah, but maybe I'm overthinking it. Mm. So, um, 
Yeah, you have a thing there. I think that it's supposed to be Division mm. 3, the old Division 3. Yeah. I think both his clubs are in Division 3, but obviously the one he, we, we're going to get on to is yeah. just richer. Paul Nicholas, the pop stars, pumped some money into it. Yeah. Jalapeño. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Jalapeño. So uh, Rod's dad said he's the best. He always has been. He always will be. Well, he's not the best. He's playing in Division Three now. So you know, snap out of that. Yeah, fuck yeah. off. Shut the fuck up. Um, Rod turns up and uh, says hello and heads to the bar. And who's this behind the bar? Why it's none other than Sue from EastEnders, who was married to Ali in the early years of EastEnders. Yeah. Uh, what were they called? Not Osgood. Osmond, Osmond. Yeah. Sue and Ali Osman. Because they ran Ozcabs out did. of the cafe, Yeah, didn't they, they? utilised that space brilliantly. It was a cafe, but then there was a little... It's a hybrid you don't often see. I mean, I I think actually in Eni... Yeah. Mm. And they were always busy because yeah, they had... To, be. Sue was usually was just, knocking was out the air in the corner, wasn't And Ali was, was in his little booth for sending the cabs out. And then sometimes you have to go out and do a cab job himself. And then Sue was left with everything. Oh, oh my and God. it was chaotic and she had to be running between chaos. the kitchenette and the yeah. fucking cab booth and it was chaos. You could get a whole episode out of that. And it was only relieved when uh, they gave a part-time job to Ian Beale. Yes, Ian Beale That, that took there. some of the pressure Which off. Which was where we first saw um, the first signs of Ian Beale's magnificent work ethic and well, this is entrepreneurialism. Yeah. His empire building yeah. began there. I mean, he helped his dad out on the, on the stall, hadn't he, on the market yeah. stall. But then working in... Uh, Working in the calf showed a, a new level of uh, of ambition. Um, he was he was Thatcher's he was he was one of Thatcher's children, wasn't Thatcher's he? Thatcher's golden boy, yeah, Ian Beale. Yeah, <laughs> Ian Beale, Thatcher's <laughs> golden boy, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So the conversation with Sue um, Osmond is pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he orders five pints and a scotch, so he's, he's ordering around for the yeah. table. His dad and the mates. But then Sue takes him to task and says she's being told that morning by the boss he can't have anything else on his tab. So, as you say, it's another indicator that Rod is on hard times. He's buying drinks he can't afford. And uh, so, as quick as lightning, he comes back and says, well, you better make it five pints and a large scotch then. So he's up his order and he pulls out a, I guess it's a fiver that he pulls out. A crisp five pound, a crisp... Gigantic, <laughs> like A3 size. It's the size of a mug. single bed sheet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking huge. That was great, but the money was money. You didn't have many notes. 
You'd have a pound, yeah. you have a few pound notes, but a fiver is the size of a fucking. A yeah, fucking yeah. Big yeah. book. I used to sometimes get, um, when I first had a bank account, when I was a student, and I used to get sometimes 20 quid out, yeah? If it was like a big weekend, get 20 quid yeah. out. And I'd pr- you never knew what denominations the cash point was going to give you. Mm. But what you'd pray for was four fivers. You didn't want a 20 and you didn't want two tens. You want four fivers. Because if you had four fivers, you could turn it into a roll. And <laughs> certainly the first one, when you were in the bar, the student bar, you could peel it off. Could you? Like, lick, lick the old yeah. thumb and peel the top fiver off. There you go, straight up. Because you can't quite see that it's only four. It felt like it was like a wad. Yeah. It was only four fivers, but fivers were thicker then. Fiver got you a long way. I remember going to the, the, the first student gig that I went to in Sunderland, Sunderland Polytechnic. Uh, it have been about 88, maybe 89. It was a group called Bradford, who Morrissey had championed. Uh, it turned out, right. turned out they were shit. But we went along. It was like two quid on the door, something like that. And uh, they had a special offer on 62 pence a pint all night. Uh, your fiver oh, goes a long way know. with that, doesn't it? That's amazing. Oh, you're looking at eight yeah, pints for a fiver. Is, that is amazing. Okay. The cheapest pint I remember having was one fifty. Really? Which is a hell of a lot more. Well. Yeah. Well, this, this was the first one. But then we used to go to the, to the Sunderland Indie Club, which was called Q Club, uh, named after the Ibiza Club mm. of the same name, KU Q Club. And they used to do a special on a Tuesday night, which was 40 pence a pint and 20 pence a shot. And you could go a long way with your fiver that night. 40, 40 pence, pence a, pint. a pint. I mean, in those days, the difference between the North and South, which we still joke about, about sometimes, a pint. Was, it was genuinely pronounced. I mean, it really was. I mean, my only experience was going to away games with West Ham and being yeah. astounded by the, the, the bargains on offer. But, I mean... Now, let's be honest, right? I know there's still a big divide and and all the rest of it, but it's little things like if you go up north or you come down south, there's there's not many... All the same Mm. shops exist. Do you know what I mean? You get the same chains that dominate every city centre, right? A coffee costs the same in Starbucks in Sunderland as it does in London, yeah? yeah? Right, because whatever, I don't know all the reasons why um, this happened. Boris Johnson promised... Well, you could say that. It's just that you've been subjected to the same profit, yeah. rampant profiteering. I don't know, but the the but back then it was fucking huge. I do remember actually. Now you say it, I do remember at university there was pound a pint in the mm. student bar. But you know what they did? I'm pretty sure this is true. They made it pound a pint in daytime hours Ooh. because they'd obviously worked out, which is awful because this was on a campus, yeah. right? So the biggest problem when you live on campus in the first year. A, it's the fucking best thing ever. It's just like a right fucking laugh, mm. right? Because you're just living with all these fucking... You're going out on the piss on the campus because mm. there's a disco and a fucking bar and all the rest, a number of bars. And then you just stumble back to your house, which is sort of next door to the disco, right? And then when you wake up in the morning, you're living in the same house as the mates you're out with or whatever. Anyway, that's all good laugh. But uh, the biggest problem with it was that it was quite hard to focus on getting your actual work done. Yeah. Because you're basically living in a holiday camp. It's like with loads like of mates high, and birds. It? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. So how are you supposed to like in the day wake up 
and go, well, I'm just supposed to on my own soon turn up to a fucking lecture mm. with a hangover and then go and spend a day in the library. And you're obviously like, fuck that. It's a pound of pint across the road. I'm going there. Or, or the, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it is really bad policy because they worked out, well, we'll make beer cheaper in the day because in the night we've got no problem. Everyone's in it. But to attract more custom... If we want to boost our profits, we need to attract more customs outside of evening drinkers, mm. right? So why don't we just slash prices in the daytime? So they do. And then, of course, you're just getting fucking pissed in the day. Because yeah. you say to your mate at lunchtime, oh, let's go to the pub and get a sandwich, right? Pound and a sandwich, a pound, a fucking pound 50, you get a pint plus a cheese and Toasty. pickle roll. <laughs> Bang. But then you have a pint, you have the taste of it. It's a pound until yeah, six p.m. Yeah, no, so you just work, fucking you? keep yeah, going. Exactly. You fucking as if you're going to go. Oh, I just can go to the library and read a fucking boring book. I mean, if you were like completely free and devoid of all of the temptations of a student campus, you could probably do a degree in about six months if you put your back into it. That is totally true. Yeah. And the thing about university, as much as I'm big advocate of it, and I had a great time, and I, I'd recommend it to anyone. The truth is, it's a massive indulgence mm. because what you can get out of it can be great, but what you the, all that going away to another city and having to like rent a home, yeah. Do you know what and I mean? Paying nine thousand a year for for tuition fees that you have now. Yeah, exactly. Very often you get like a grant, or I mean, I in those days I got a grant, and yes, um, yeah. and you could also get cheap loans and all of that, right? But. But it's like the reason you have to do all that is because you or parents have to give you or lend you, but usually give you money, right, for a lot of people. But the reason they do that is because I want to go and live in another town and city away from my mum and dad, Yeah. right? Which, listen, I did that, so I'm not, I'm, it's hypocritical. But, but if you really strip it down, you sort of think, well, you don't have to fucking go and live like miles and miles away from home and rent a home and stay in that home for three fucking years, right? The truth is you could go to the local university, stay home with your mum and dad and do it in a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of degrees. I'm not saying medicine or the longest degree. Do you know what the longest degree is? I'm pretty sure this is still true. Dentistry. Fucking vet. Oh, yeah. Well, because there's so many different animals, Sam. Exactly, vet degree, mate. If you think... That a medical student does what seven years does Something he like, that, like yeah. right so you're a medical student you have to do seven years just to understand the ins and outs one species. of the human body <laughs> yeah if it's seven years for one species how many animals are in are there in the world at least 50 it's about 200 yeah? i think 200 animals 200 yeah animals yeah 200 times seven so you right, should be doing many... a degree for 1400 years to get them all. Otherwise, you're shaking yeah. it. You miss it. You're cutting corners. Well, you can't set up a vet shop and then, like, someone comes in. Most people are coming in with cats and dogs and rabbits, yeah? Yeah. But one day, some cunt comes in with a fucking pelican, yeah? <laughs> and you're like, you can't fucking very well turn around and go, sorry, mate, I can't, uh, I don't know how to fix a pelican. pelican. And they go, it says outside you're a vet, all animals dealt with. Well, yeah, within fucking reason. I wasn't oh, expecting you to turn it's, up with a pelican. The fucking pelican's dying here, mate. Come on. You're safe. We ain't it. got much time. Well, I'll do what I can, but I want you to sign a fucking disclaimer because if I open this cunt up with the old scalpel, I don't know what I'm going to. I mean, for all I know, 
The cunt can have two hearts. I tell you what, I tell you what I'll do. We'll do a deal, right? I'll knock thirty percent <laughs> off, but I'll do to the pelican what I would normally do to a dog. We're going to treat them as the same inside. I'm going to give you the standard dog package. That's what I'm going to sell you. But I'm going to give you a discount because obviously there's going to be some risks. It's up to you. <laughs> hell. Oh, go I on, mean, then. a pelican might have its spleen where a dog's uh, liver could be. I'll get a muddled up, bang. And they're I'll not labelled. They liver. might look different. They might look different. I've got no idea. I'll like, yeah. open it up and have a look. And as I said, there might be two hearts. Yeah. I don't know. Hold up there one minute. I'm going to go out back and see if I've got a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can quickly leaf through the old book, see if I've got a pet chapter on pelicans. But, I mean, you say that, but fucking doctors do that. Your GP does that. You go into your GP with the symptoms shit. and he looks the cunts up. He should know Always in his head what Googling it is, shit. don't they? Or they look yeah. online now. They just go on NHS.com. I could do that. I know. Fucking liberty, GPs. I mean, I better be careful. I don't want to get into the same trouble I did with the uh, pharmacist. But you know, like the way sometimes you think GPs are basically, your GP is a bloke who knows a bloke. Because you yeah. go in, you go, all right, doc. He goes, what's the problem? I go, I've got a problem with my nose. He goes, let's have a look. And if he goes, yeah, I think that is a problem, I'm going to put you in touch with this nose doctor I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what they do. I know this fella. Yeah. He specialises in noses. They're <laughs> I've a got connector, no idea. aren't they? I only done the seven years standard, but he done the seven years, and then he did a year and a half on noses as well. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. He specialises in it. See, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. How we got to that. Where are we in this thing? So he goes. He takes. He takes the five pints oh, over yeah, the to fiver. the lads. But then what he does is he borrows a fiver back from his dad, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, uh, yeah. He borrows it from Mac, as Mac the bo- his boss. The, his, the football oh, team manager it. then comes into Windsor the working United. men's club to just increase yeah. the whole implausibility of this. But uh, yeah. we'll 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 cover that in the next one because we've run out of time. So the bus I mean, is going to I arrive. only live about half an hour away from Windsor, maybe forty minutes away. Um, and and is I've, that I haven't been club there since a school, since an ill-fated up? school trip in about nineteen eighty-nine, nineteen ninety. Um, they gave us the responsibility because we were fifth years and we yeah. were there doing a geography project because it was called it was a, did you do geography GCSE mate no I didn't okay well if anyone did a geography GCSE they may be familiar with the term of tourist honeypot oh. right <laughs> and uh, yeah it sounds sexy and so we were studying the the nature the characteristics of a famous tourist honeypot right which was Windsor yeah so we went for the whole day and we had to go around doing questionnaires on people in the street and all the rest of it and uh, they said right you're fifth year so at the end it's a train straight back to mm. London yeah um, so you just simply all have to be on this train you have yeah. to be on the platform ten minutes before the train departs so we can do a, a register but if you're not there you won't. That's and that. it was completely we're not waiting. A, a trust exercise, yeah? Yeah, and I, we just fucking... I, I think we just got lost. We just fucked off, started fucking around in Windsor, got lost, fucking chaos ensued. We didn't have money to get back. The school were like... There was no mobile phones. The schools were... Ringing. Anyway, bad memories of Windsor for me, but now I feel like I want to go back and investigate some of the locations from yeah. yesterday's hero. Including yeah, the Working Man's Club, or especially the Working Man's Club. We'll put it on mm. YouTube and make 19 pence out of it. I'm, I'm thinking back. I see, you've got some new stuff that you just put up. 
I'm thinking of is it, this is the kind of campaign yeah. I've been waiting for behind the scenes of original Destiny's hero. You haven't stolen mm-hmm. someone else's content. You've made some original content, so I'm prepared to up the percentage. There could be as much as twenty seven pence in this for you. If it's a hit. You two remind me of that guy KSI. <laughs> Are you awake? You you remind me of a young KSI. So full of ambition, dreams, and ideas. So much energy. <laughs> <laughs> and now, look at him. He's making one pound fifty-four an hour. Amazing stuff. <laughs> That could be you. I'm just thinking back to the school trip we did in... in We went to York on the bus. And Another we're, tourist we're, we're pot. allowed to just roam around York without the teachers mm. for a couple of hours at the end of the day. This is just... Te- let's be honest, this is just teachers being lazy cats. Yeah, but we were like... We weren't 50 years. We were 12. This oh, was yeah, like, that's not on. That wouldn't happen now, would it? It was definitely that era because so. it was it was the week that the Band-Aid single went on sale. So we went mm. to the HMV, obviously we went to the shops, went to Doria Smith and yeah, the HMV, you do. all the shops we and, go to and home. Also, we were always going to McDonald's. That's yeah. the other thing you dig. And it's fucking McDonald's. Because they'd obviously take us uptown into the centre yeah. of London. Like we went to a medical museum, it was the first operating theatre, and they let us run wild there. And some kid, I think it was my mate, William, he like ran after one of those, you know, the old Routemaster buses with the <laughs> open back. The hop on, hop the, off The thing, hop yeah. on, hop off. yeah. And he was just showing off. <laughs> and he ran, he chased a bus. This is like on fucking Oxford Street or something. Jumps on it get, just to show off. And he's sort of riding it like one foot and one arm, but the other two failing back. And then he just fucking loses balance. And he was dragged along the fucking <laughs> road for a bit. And then let... <laughs> fucking school trips. Some of the fucking antics. You can't believe it. I've always thought my, uh, my stressful job must be taking, being a teacher. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, I know we have teachers listening, so they might be able to tell us your experiences, but being a teacher and taking kids on a foreign school trip. Yeah. Right. Who, why, they, they, if, you, if you're a teacher listening, get in touch and let me know. Why would you volunteer for that? Because only bad things can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. If no one dies or gets severely injured or whatever, then you come back and, no one's giving you praise for that or a bonus mm. saying, well done, nobody died, right? Mm-hmm. But if somebody does die or get ill or or an accident happens so or gets lost or kidnapped, they're like, right, you're, that's it, mate. Mm. That's on you. You got prison. And it's just a nightmare. But we went on a Greece trip in the fifth year. Fucking hell. And it was bedlam. These teachers, by that stage, Dave, by that stage, you're 15. The teachers, looking back, are probably only about five years older than you, yeah. right? And and they've known you for five years, a lot of them. So you've got you kind of got to know them quite well. And some of them, obviously, it was to Greece. So it was the artsy teachers who were always the ones who were the best laugh and the yeah. most kind of, come on, guys, anyone want to smoke a reefer? <laughs> it was a lot like that sort of thing, right? And uh, they just, we, we went to all different places across a week in Greece. So we, we started in Athens and someone got so pissed that they tried to jump out of the fucking window off like the second floor and that. And then, then we went to Delphi. And anyway, we ended up in a place called Tolon or something, which was a beach resort, which mm. was a proper holiday place, right? And that was for the final two days. And they said, right, now we're here. There's not any excursions. You can hang around on the beach. We're going to go out on a boat one day. Fucking hell. And in the evening, you can go up the disco without us. Fucking right? hell. In this little fucking Greek town. We went up to this fucking disco 
and it was fucking mad and there were fights with some of the local Greek lads and stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, but in the hotel bar, when we got in, the teachers were there and they were not only letting us booze, they were buying us drinks. <laughs> we were 15. Oh, some of us were 16, some of us were 15. That can't right? happen now, surely, because everything has to be... They, they've got to do, they've got to do yeah. like a fucking... What do they call it? A, what's those fucking assessments? The risk assessment. They've got to do that for everything yeah. that'll happen now. I can't believe that more people didn't die on school trips in, hey, the, in those days. You know, teachers are the I mean, best of some, us. Teachers are the best of us. All this stuff yeah. they get about, you know, I only work till half three every day, and then he gets oh, six yeah. weeks holiday in the summer, and then they go take yeah. these kids to Greece. Well, it's just a free holiday for them, isn't it? If you want a free holiday, yeah, no, get yourself on is... a place in the sun and piss about for a few days, and then put in an offer twenty <laughs> grand is... under the house you looked at. That's a free that holiday. Is, um, that is uh, that is. Nikki Chapman does place in the sun, or does she do place? No, she, she does, does escape. What wanted down under? Yeah. yeah, we did. Well, been doing a podcast with her. Um, she was how I had uh, spent a nice morning with Banana Rama. Oh, right through Nikki Chapman. So she's got she's got that escape down under. Um, but so she's got the real free holiday. But I tell you this, being I mean I don't know I don't have experience with it, but like I say, get in touch. Let me know if you're a teacher. I imagine that going on a school trip to Greece or anywhere abroad for a week with a bunch of fucking kids, right, is the opposite of relaxing. Exactly, exactly. Like apocalypse now. <laughs> yeah, fucking nightmare. <laughs> right, we're going to leave it there because uh, we ran out of time about 10 minutes ago, but we kept going. But that's what we do. Because um, there's that extra value. And yeah, we're late, so you get an extra 10 minutes. Listen yeah. to it or don't, I don't care. Yeah, too late. You've listened to it now. Uh, right, that's it for this one. We'll be back uh, next week. Mac. The uh, manager of the club will arrive at the Worker Men's Club with some some news, and uh, and then uh, Rod drives a van after he's had a pint and a scotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much more to come on yesterday's hero. Yeah, that's it. Uh, farewell. Goodbye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.